We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 7 o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard here on this Friday night, football Friday, talking about the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. I'm raising the bar for Hurts, and I expect him to lead this team at a high level without all his full complement of weapons. And I trust Jalen Hurts to play at a very high level, despite no Dallas Goddard, and to win football games because he's an MVP candidate, not just because he's got a good team around him. 215-592-9494. Do you trust Jalen Hurts to play his best even without all of his, yeah, his good teammates around him. I do. I, I think the Eagles are going to be fine, and Jalen Hurts will be the biggest reason why they win over the next three, four, five weeks. So we'll get back to your phone calls here in a second. I do want to play some of Sirianni and then uh, the newest Eagle talking about why he signed here. But i gotta, I got to just admit, I, I just was filled in by Tucker on the last break on this Taylor Swift ticket thing with Ticketmaster. Sometimes I, I like that I, I, um, like I'm so hyper-focused in, in so many things that I don't have time for other things. So, like, I kind of missed this. I, I I was not trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets. My kids are too young. Elliot was, if you listen to the latest episode of Go Birds. Oh, so, did he get screwed? Is he yeah, I don't think he got them. Okay. I don't want to sound like a terrible producer and admit that I didn't listen to the entire episode you of Go Birds. You should know. Well, you just admitted it on the air. It's out <laughs> but, there now. but at the beginning, he was talking about how frustrated he was because they were recording while he was trying to buy Taylor Swift. So tickets. listen, we have people calling and telling us what they what they're eating for dinner. If you want to vent about this Taylor Swift thing, I I I, mean, I, I find this fascinating. I did not try to buy tickets. I so I, you're the only one. I guess. I mean, I like Taylor Swift. I'm just like I'm not at the point in my life where I'm going to a Taylor Swift concert. I just not going to do it. Like if my kids were older and they wanted to go, sure, I might try to get tickets. But I, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I had no interest in going to a concert or buying tickets. I, I mean, I, I'm finding out the price of these things are insane. Obviously, the whole ticket. Tucker filming on the Ticketmaster controversy and and all of that. Um, I just can't believe the prices on the secondary market. That's what's blowing me away. Like, I, I was I was just trying to figure out how old is she? How old is Taylor Swift? Thirty what? Probably 33, 34. All right, so she's a few years younger than I am. Um, yeah, she's thirty two. Right, so she's yeah, she's about to be thirty three. She's a few years younger than I am. My thought on this, as this becomes a major controversy, is like, isn't she going to go on tour? Many more times. Won't she play around here many more times? She's 33. You know, like, she's got a runway here, you would think, of, I don't know, three more decades, maybe four, of performing. Like, you know, why, I'm not sure why the demand is now to go see her live. It's 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 bizarre it got to this point. But I do, I do feel for people like Elliot, and I imagine Elliot would be the one that would be using as the example point here, that uh, they got maybe screwed out of tickets. You can get tickets for uh, $800 if you want to sit behind the stage in the upper level. 
So basically, you're telling me that this Taylor Swift show, and are we talking about the one here in? Yeah, Saturday, in, May 13th. Okay, so like in, in the spring here in Philadelphia, it's the equivalent of Philly's World Series prices. It's kind of yeah. like that, or like exorbitant, right? Exorbitant. And, and it gets like even crazier because the the top end tickets are are you know north of five thousand dollars. See, like that's what I don't understand. The Phillies going to the World Series was is a rarity. Right, you know, they, how many years the Phillies been around? Over a hundred. They they have not had many World Series appearances. It's a big deal when it happens. You pay through the nose to be there. Taylor Swift is thirty three. She's one of the most popular artists in the world. She's from here. I just think if you were to pay eight hundred dollars and sit behind the stage where you couldn't even see, couldn't she just stand in the parking lot for free? Yes. Keep all like, your money. Like you're going to be able to hear it, right? Her her PA system has to be loud enough where you can sit in the K lot and enjoy a nice beverage in the back of your pickup truck and probably enjoy the show just as much. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. I, I would hope Ticketmaster's not listening to you because they're going to come after you next after all their nonsense this week. Let's talk to a Robert in Washington Township about the Eagles. I'm not sure if he tried to buy Taylor Swift tickets. Hey, Robert. Hey, how you doing? Good, Robert. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. You know, watching that game, uh, you know, um, Watching the game and stuff, and despite the fact that they had this great, you know, uh, third down conversion success, and despite despite the fact that they had time on the clock advantage, extremely one sided to them, Hertz was in a position to win the game. It wasn't Hertz's fault that we lost the game. You know, the fifty yarder that got fumbled, that wasn't Hertz. That ball was on the money. It was delivered. When Brandon ran into the, the quarterback, there was time left for Hertz to come back into the game. So I don't feel like. I'm worried about Hurts because I thought he was in a position to win. I thought at the whole time we were going to win that game. It was going to be one of those tough, tough games that we have to fight for. It's an NFC East game. But at no time did I not think we were going to win. And if we had have had a couple guys make some plays in the end, we could have won that game. Well, you're right, Robert. And he made a couple of really nice passes down the field, right? The A.J. Brown one that landed in his hands, obviously bounced out for the interception. And then there was the uh, the throw to Watkins, which really should have went for a touchdown, or at the very least, if he just laid down on the ground, you know, they're in position to score there. I tr- Robert, I trust Jalen. I think he's going to keep playing well. It's just like this is a challenge now because he's going to have to do this without Dallas Goddard. He's going to have to do it with maybe A.J. Brown still hobble. Like this is a challenge. This is probably his biggest challenge of this year, the next three, four, five weeks. Yeah, I think, too, also you're going to see that, you know, he's going to step up some of like the call earlier was talking about, you know, him getting more maybe involved in the run. I just think we could do some things. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, Goddard's on the screen's great, but we I, I want to see more like game well out of the backfield or running backs out of the backfield, things like that. We've got all these playmakers, so we need to get more of our playmakers involved. And when you have a few guys like the Goddard's and the Browns that are the main playmakers, sometimes they get overlooked. So now you'll get a chance to see some of these other guys maybe step up and to make the plays that are going to be needed. But uh, I, I'm feeling good about this weekend. I think we can take Indianapolis, you know. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I do too. I, it's, you know, I know they're playing a little bit better and then a whole – Jonathan Taylor, the, Robert, I appreciate the call. I do feel pretty good about the Eagles this weekend. I mean, that – you know, is this going to be an easy game? They win by two touchdowns? Probably not. They're on the road. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best backs in the NFL. And, you know, this could be a challenging game on Sunday, especially if they don't get off to a hot start. It's, it's kind of close, you know, throughout the second and third quarter. But, I mean, they should win this game. I mean, they're a better team than the Colts, even without their, all their complement of players. The Eagles are better than the Colts. If, if they don't win on Sunday, I, I think panic starts to set in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're still a touchdown favorite, right? Yeah. Which I, I think it was nine before Monday night, and it's dropped a little bit with the injuries. But I, I do think, it isn't time to sound the alarms. You can watch Sun- Monday night's game, and you can still feel pretty good about the Eagles. And 
I think if they were to lose on, on Sunday to Jeff Saturday and the Colts, that wouldn't just be a blip, right? Like mm-hmm. that would be the start of a trend, and that's two losses back to back against two teams who, quite frankly, are inferior to you. Yes, uh, and and two teams you're you're favored by by a significant margin over. Not not just two teams here. What to watch for? Sponsored by Xfinity. Xfinity, the faster net in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity Lounge. So I'm watching to see how much we get out of uh, Joseph and Sue this weekend, the two new defensive tackles. Uh, Nick Sirianni today talking about the Eagles' acquisition this week. I mean, it's not often you get two players as accomplished as these in the middle of a season. I mean, you know, Joseph is obviously not the same player as Sue, but he also was a good player back in his day. I've, I if I remember right, he got a big contract from the Vikings. Like, he just wasn't a guy. He wasn't like a rotational piece. He got paid a lot of money to be, you know, one of the best nose tackles in the league. And obviously, we talked about, you know, Sue's impact last night. And the guy's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Here's Nick Sirianni talking about his two new players. Yeah, we're always looking to improve our team and, and add add depth to our team. And we felt like two guys that were that are really good players um, that we were able to do that. Now we had some, we have some guys banged up, as you know, um, and so adding depth to a position that's already a strength um, was big for us, and and especially with the injuries that we have right now. Well, and they needed them, right? They needed help there. They have a lot of injuries at defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox played seventy snaps the other night, which is just it's not going to work. I mean, Fletcher Cox that that's too many snaps even when he was younger, but let alone now at this advanced stage of his career, too many snaps. So now you have a guy in Sue, but you know that I think eventually could take snaps from Fletcher Cox to play over him because he might be a better player right now. And Joseph feels like a really good Band-Aid until until they get, you know, Jordan Davis back and upright at that nose tackle position. Here's Sue today in the locker room. I, I thought it was interesting. You know, he's a guy that's made a lot of money. I mean, does Sue really need the Eagles' money right now? Probably not. So why pick the Eagles? Why here? Here is what the former Lion and Dolphin and Buck had to say. And Ram. And Ram. He's been a Super Bowl with the Rams. One year with the Rams. Uh, championships, uh, that's what keeps me going. Uh, having an opportunity to play for one. Uh, this team has done an amazing job uh, thus far, and I feel like I can, I can come and, and help. Uh, but I first got to get acclimated and then go from there. What's- you know what's interesting about um, how Sue has just seemed seemingly solely hell-bent on titles now? He spent the first six or so years of his career, maybe five, whatever it was, with the Lions. Like, he must have lost so much early that he decided – and then the Dolphins, because he, he signed a gigantic deal with the Dolphins, and they didn't win either. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs with the Dolphins. I don't think he made the playoffs uh, – I mean, I guess he made the playoffs once or twice with the Lions. Yeah, Lions made the playoffs in 2011, 2014, and 2016. So he made the playoffs three times with the Lions? Or is he gone by 16? Uh, I think he was gone by okay. 16, so twice. So he made – that's – I mean, how many players make the playoffs multiple times with the Lions in their career? Not, I mean, not many. Not many. So, I mean, the guy, he is a winning player. He's, he's a tremendous player. You know and, the Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991? Yeah, Barry Sanders was on the team. I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a very long. When's the next time the Lions win a playoff game? They're 0-8 in the last 30 years in the playoffs. Haven't advanced past the wild card round. I'm trying to think who they beat in 1991. Because um, I think they played the, the Washington team after they won their playoff game. They yes, beat, they played Washington in the conference. They beat the fight. Cowboys. They lost the week forty-one before? to ten. Did they beat the Cowboys the week before? To a they did. They beat them thirty-eight to six. A lot of blowouts in the nineteen ninety-one NFL playoffs. Uh, there were a lot of blowouts in the in the nineties in the playoffs before they instituted the salary cap. The, the, these teams are really not on an even playing field. Everyone likes to romanticize that the era. You know, Walsh and, and Montana, Buddy Ryan's Eagles, those Giants teams, the Washington team. 
eh. It was, I mean, it was kind of like that, and that's the first football I remember. Was you know, I was young, but those teams, and there was like, I don't know, eight good teams in the NFL, and they just beat the crap at everybody else. I get you can be romantic, especially if you're a fan of one of those teams. Yeah. And I think the pre-free agency when you kind of knew the same guys were coming back every year and teams were kept together for 10-plus years. But I don't know. The fact that every NFL game is pretty much decided by a touchdown now, isn't that better? It is. Well, and it also makes the biggest games more compelling for TV. Like every year we go to the Super Bowl, every year. And I, there's been, what, one blowout, a significant one in the last 15 years, the Seahawks-Broncos. But – Every year we go in thinking this could be a great game. That when I was young, that wasn't it. Like I, I remember watching the 49ers and the Chargers. The Chargers had Stan Humphreys at quarterback, and I was kind of I was too young to really understand. But I, I remember asking like, "Is this going to be a close game?" And like I was told, "Nah, nah this game's over already." The 49ers won the game. Like you don't get that in the Super Bowl anymore. When was the last time that someone said that? I don't really remember that even with the Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl. It just turned out that way. But I can't remember the last time someone thought going into the Super Bowl, it's a blowout. Maybe Giants-Patriots, and then it went the other way? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of one where it was, oh, my God, this game is so lopsided, and then it ended that lopsided. No, it's been a long time. It's better this way. I mean, this makes this makes the NFL way, way better. Leo is up on WIP. What's up, Leo? Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good, Leo. What's up? So I definitely have confidence in Jalen Hurts. I think, and I called the other night, I think the amount of, like, his completion percentage has gone up significantly since he started in the league. I think it's gone up almost 15%, and obviously that lends itself to winning games. And from a statistical standpoint, the quarterbacks with higher completion percentages typically will win more games. And then one of the things that he has as an intangible is his Boys in the pocket. I yes. feel like. Yep, you're right. Leo, I, I noticed that the first time we started watching him play. He, he kind of has a rare poise for a player as, as young as he still is. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that isn't always taught. And I mean, I remember people saying, like, this might be a concern for him because he didn't throw out of the pocket as much last year. And I feel like he's just made huge strides in that way. And, I, and that's definitely, again, an intangible that not all quarterbacks have that I think will benefit us greatly in terms of us winning games. Now, I do think you need to rely on the run more. I was, I was so frustrated to watch them only run the ball four times. And, like, Sanders has had a great year. I just don't understand. Like, I, under, like, I get that he will fumble from a, like, on an occasion, but he hasn't fumbled once this year. I mean, obviously not – on wood, touch black for that, but he's played good this year, and I feel like we've severely underutilized the run game, especially him, and Devontae Smith hasn't been a factor in the past three or four weeks either, so everyone's like, yes, Goddard's gone, and we have this big hole to fill, but it's not like we're lacking weapons in other spots. Like, we have these weapons, they're just, they haven't been as utilized as much, and I feel like they're going to have to rely on Sanders more, they're going to have to rely on Smith more, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a shot to win. It's just they have to really reallocate their resources in terms of where Jalen is redistributing the ball. And, again, his poise in the pocket has kind of proved this year that he can do that. So I, I have confidence. I just think from a, an offensive game plan perspective, they have to recognize that 
We're not going to always throw to A.J. Brown. We've got to distribute the ball, and Smith and Sanders have to be more involved. Uh, Leo, I agree, and, and, I think, and I think they'll take care of it, Leo. I appreciate the phone call here. Um, and and the, the leap Jalen Hurts has made in terms of accuracy, pocket awareness, it's all great. Uh, but the poise thing, I, I noticed that early, too. I mean, he, he has – he has poise and a, and a calmness about him that most young quarterbacks just don't. Let's get to a trust the pregame here, delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. We got a pretty big game tonight: Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks here in Philadelphia. 7:30 tip coming up here. It's with the NBA schedule. It's kind of it's been stranger the last couple of years. They've had more back to backs against teams, and also is this the second time they played the Bucks and both here? You know, it's not like you know you usually play a team in within the conference four times, right? So you yeah, play, I believe the home opener was against the Bucks. I believe it was right. So two and two, right? They'll be in Milwaukee twice. They'll be here twice. That's that's just the standard Eastern Conference you know, battle. But both the first two are here within the first month of the season, and then. We won't see the Bucks here again till the playoffs. I mean, if they play each other, so we get Giannis and company coming in tonight. This Bucks seems really good, and they haven't even had Middleton back. Remember, week the first game of the season, we were talking about that. Like, oh, we'll see what they are. No Middleton, they haven't even had him back yet, and and they're still playing near the top of the Eastern Conference. The Bucks come in eleven and three so far this season. Sixers at seven and seven. You know, obviously Joel and B. What he accomplished last weekend was was enormous. I mean that 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 game he had on Sunday night. It feels like a while ago now because, you know, a lot has happened this Sunday. The Eagles have lost the game. The Phillies spoke yesterday. We're at another Eagles game coming up. But that game Joel Embiid played on Sunday night was one of the most ridiculous games you will ever see a player play, let alone a big man. I mean, to have that many points in a game, to have that many blocks in a game, to, to add up. I mean, that box score was just bananas. I mean, I, that, I mean it's video game numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's a game that I didn't think most players could ever accomplish. I mean, we know he's a great player, but that was a, a, a crazy effort, and they needed it. That, I was watching that game Sunday night after, you know, after the NFL, you know, that first uh, second slate of NFL games, and it was like, that game was close. The Jazz played them tough the entire time. So Embiid's off an amazing game. The Bucks are 17-7 are now, or 11-3, excuse me. Uh, no Tobias Harris tonight in the starting lineup. He's out with a hip issue. No Toby? Some would call that addition by subtraction. Well, some would. Also, uh, Shams had a, a nugget in his latest column over at The Athletic that uh, there's some trade chatter. Would we just do this once a year with Tobias Harris? I mean, there should have been trade chatter from the day he signed that contract, right? It, it makes sense that the Sixers might be eager to move off him because he's making $37 million. I think he's still the highest paid player on the team, and right now he's their fourth best player. But like, what does Tobias Harris trade chatter sound like? Is it Daryl just you know texting everyone in the league? Like, you know, Tobias is is available. A lot of one way conversations. If if you were an opposing GM and Daryl Morey texts you, because I think these this, a lot of this happens over text messages now. Tob- Tobias Harris available. Your response? Cool. How about Maxi? <laughs> How about I don't want him? How about you? You could keep him. Yeah, I mean his his salary is just uh, it's for the player he is. It's crippling to his value. Of course it is. He's and he's thirty years old now. It's like you know Tobias Harris is not getting any better. I mean this is the player he is, and maybe you know he's he's all right. I mean it's it's the same guy he's been since the day he got here. He's fine. He's not a terrible basketball player, but for the money he makes, it is uh, it's terrible. So he's got one more year left after this. I mean that contract will. Are be, you serious? Yeah, that contract will be valuable though this off season. It's I ex- guess it's expiring. It, well, you know after this season. I just I can't 
stand watching him play basketball. Do you, you, all right, I have a, a question. Do you ever watch a bad movie or like a movie that's not really enjoyable and you say, I- I'm three quarters of the way through this. I want to see how this dumb thing ends. Or do you, All the time. See, I do that. My wife just says, let's just turn it off. I'm like, I mean, I've invested an hour and 15 minutes. I, I need to see this to the end. Do you feel that way about Tobias Harris? Because we're at the hour and 15 minute mark of the movie. Yeah, the issue is he's just fading now, right? Like, he isn't comically bad. Ben Simmons kind of went out with a bang, right? Yeah. He went out by not dunking over Trey Young and then kind of blowing everything up on his way out the door. Right. Tobias Harris is going out with a whimper, right? He's just not shooting the ball as much. I think he's averaging like 14 points per game, which is about 70% of what he's done so far. I don't know. He's just slowly becoming more and more invisible. Like, that, you know, that that gif of Homer Simpson kind of stepping back into the into the hedges? That's Tobias Harris as he just continues to collect $37 million checks. By the way, he also, his agent, I mean, this agent must just like just smile as he goes to bed every night. They also worked in a $5 million trade kicker, too. It's a $5 million check if they ever sent him out of here. Imagine that. Toby, we're moving you. Here's $5 million. Um, All right, last thing on tonight. Embiid, Giannis. I saw the midday show today. I had a pull up. Who's the better player? I mean, come on. Uh, Embiid is a great player. Giannis is probably the best player in the league. And when they've played each other in recent years, it's been one-sided. So last six games, Giannis and Embiid, five wins for Giannis, one for Joel. Points per game, 31 for Giannis, 24 for Joel. Field goal percentage, this is the one that's stark. 59% for Giannis, 40 for Joel Embiid in the head-to-head matchups. 15 rebounds per game to 10 Assist seven to to almost five. So it's I mean it's been all Giannis the last six times they played each other. And Embiid was terrible when they played the the first game yeah. this season. He he only shot six of twenty one from the field, had fifteen points and eleven rebounds and four turnovers. We need to see more from him, especially because James Harden is in there. They only lost that game but two. But that's because Harden had, had thirty one and you know shot thirteen of twenty four from the field. Trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. All right, on the other side, your phone calls, 215-592-9494. We'll get everybody up. Do you trust Jalen Hurts to lead the Eagles to wins and play like an MVP, be the reason the team wins as everything around him not as good as it was a couple weeks ago with injuries and issues on defense. I trust Hurts. I believe the Eagles keep winning because Hurts leads them there. Do you trust Jalen to continue to play like an MVP? 215-592-9494. Hop board. We'll come back. Your phone calls and a change to the voting this year for awards. And I think it can help Jalen Hurts win or be close to winning the MVP. We'll hit that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you aboard on this football Friday night. We got a lot to talk about one hour from now. Hot stove check-in. We'll get to NFL picks, guess the takes. And in within that hot stove check-in, maybe a former NL MVP just out there now as a free agent for the Phillies to potentially bring in here to contribute next season, especially with Bryce Harper slated to miss a good portion of early next season. We'll get to that coming up. And, of course, our favorite props for the Eagles and the Colts game on Sunday at 8. We're going to talk to, talk to George Bremer of uh, the For the Shoe podcast from Odyssey here. He uh, talks about the Colts, and uh, we want to get his perspective on this game on Sunday on Jonathan Taylor and Jeff Saturday. I do wonder what people that, that either are living it or talking about it, the Colts stuff, like – I, the reaction of the Saturday thing last week was just wild. And then he goes out there and wins his first game. So uh, I'm curious to see what they're thinking now about Jeff Saturday. So that's that's coming up. 215-592-9494. I will go back to the phone lines in just a second here. I want to um, get your thought on Jalen Hurts. And, and if you agree or disagree with me, that, that I trust them. Do you trust Jalen Hurts to play at an MVP level and to, to kind of drag this team to victories the next three, four, five weeks without their full complement of players? But... Speaking of Hurts playing at an MVP level, I, I think a rule change, or, or I guess a, a voting change, not, the rules aren't really changing, a voting change could help Jalen Hurts win the MVP. So today it was announced that for the first time, the voting for the MVP is no longer going to be just list one name. You know, In the past, it's just been 50 voters, and they get to write one vote down. So in a lot of years, you know, if, if one quarterback's having an otherworldly season, you know, they'll get 49 or 50 of the 50 votes, and it's just basically unanimous. They're the MVP. It doesn't matter if someone was almost as great and they were quote-unquote second because it doesn't matter. There's no second. Unless you get a vote, there's no second. Uh, and that person might just get one vote or, or not. Like Russell Wilson, famously, and it's kind of funny now because he stinks, but he didn't always stink, and he has, he has never received an MV, MVP vote in his career. Now, I feel pretty strong in saying he never will uh, again, but whatever, he never has. That's changing now. So, according to the AP, voters will rank their top five picks for MVP and top three for other awards. The way I view this is this helps Jalen Hurts. I think this – now, this all assuming, of course, he continues to play well, they continue to win, he's in the MVP discussion the entire season. I think this gives him a better chance to win because let's just say we get to the end of the season and he – and Patrick Mahomes and Tua and, and Josh Allen are all, it's kind of similar, right? There's not one that pulled away. You know, you, we might have a favorite, but it's not overwhelming. Well, th- then it's it, it's in the voters. And you know what I could see if, if the Eagles have a really, really great season, finish, you know, 14-3 or, or whatever? Couldn't you see Jalen Hurts if all the voters weren't sure, do I give it to Mahomes, do I give it to Allen, do I give it to Hurts, do I give it to Tua? Couldn't you see Tucker Jalen Hurts on a 14 and 3 or 15 and 2 team cleaning up with second place votes in the if there's like a four man race for MVP? Like I the some voters might put him one, the ones that don't, well I got to put him two and then like maybe it's Mahomes in some ones but then he falls to three in others and two I I think this voting system gives Hurts a better chance to win the MVP. Yeah, I I think that's certainly true and I also just like it. Like it just makes a lot more sense and I I think the NL MVP and Major League Baseball's MVP voting, it's a little crazy because you get to vote for 10 people, and that's how guys like Daniel Bard 
get get tenth place votes from yes. their home guy. But I think a top five, not only is it great for the NFL, but it's great for us. Like it's great content. And when a guy does come out, like Tony Dungy voted for Bobby Wagner one year to win MVP. Now not only do we get to see that, we get to see who he thinks was worse than him. I think it's fantastic. Well, and then moving forward in terms of Hall of Fame voting or Hall of Fame discussions, you know, there's only so many MVPs, right? Like, usually the best quarterback dominates. So whether Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes is going to do this for a while. You know, they kind of just monopolize the MVP. But you know what we'll be able to say? Yeah, like 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now. Well, Josh Allen had X top five MVP finishes. Or maybe Jalen Hurts had this. I, I think it would, it would add to the cases for these quarterbacks. Like Matt Ryan, for example. Is Matt Ryan going to go to the Hall of Fame? Probably not. He has an MVP, went to one Super Bowl. But, like, I think there'd be better context to his career if we were like, well, one MVP never, ever had a top five vote besides that. Or the opposite, what if he had, like, seven top five votes? Then it'd be like, well, maybe he should go to the Hall of Fame. Right. I mean, it's almost him versus Russell Wilson at the different ends of right. that spectrum. I think the other people that it helps, it's defensive players, right? Like, everyone is so reluctant to give defensive players yeah. MVPs. And you can say the same thing about running backs and wide receivers. But now imagine in a top five world where someone like Aaron Donald or Micah Parsons gets a dozen third place or second place votes. They will. I mean, this is something that could really not only open it just away from quarterbacks only, but it could open it to defensive players to where you could see guys finishing second, third in NFL MVP. I'll also throw in some wide receivers, like the Vikings, for example, right? And this is the way the NFL works. Teams get rewarded. If, if you have a great season, you probably have someone in the MVP mix. Is anyone going to write Kirk Cousins' name down on an MVP ballot? I mean, let's be serious about this. No. And I actually think Kirk Cousins statistically is having a worse season than he typically does. But the Vikings are 8-1. So if you had a ballot in front of you right now, wouldn't you think about Justin Jefferson's name within the top five? I would. I mean, if you're not going to vote Cousins, but you want to re- kind of reward the Vikings for being eight and one, I, I would. Justin Jefferson might get MVP votes of the NFL. I think it's cool. I, I'm glad they're doing this, and I do think it gives uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts a better chance to be near the top of the balloting. So it's top five for MVP. It's top three for other awards. That includes Coach of the Year. So Sirianni certainly will be in that mix. But you know, as as much as an eight and one start and an undefeated start helps Nick Sirianni. I don't know if I'd vote Sirianni over Pete Carroll, over Brian Dable, over Mike Vrabel. I'm not sure Sirianni's going to win coach of the year, even if they have a great season. There's a lot of candidates this year. Yeah, and I just I feel like he gets kind of lost in the, the entire crowd of everything. Like Mike Vrabel, obviously, the way they've come back. I just – a lot of these wards are narrative-driven. Sure. And outside of here, I don't know what the Nick Sirianni narrative is. Right, because I think the narrative right now around the Eagles, especially nationally, is Jalen Hurts got better and Howie Roseman put together the best team in the NFL. So executive of the year and potential MVP are the stories. And Nick Sirianni is just here to not screw things up. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't mean he's not doing a good job, but that's the story, and the story does guide the voting sometimes. Abe is in Allentown. Hey, Abe. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Good, Abe. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I just want to touch up on uh, last week's loss with mm-hmm. the Eagles. Yep. Um. Honestly, I really don't think that, even though Washington won, I felt like it was more of the Eagles beating themselves up and not Washington actually winning the game. Well, I agree with like you I'm, on that, Abe. I mean, when you when you turn the ball over three, it was actually four times, but I think we could just, that last one was just silly. Like, they had three legitimate turnovers within the game. You turn the ball over three times, you you lose almost every time. 
Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And um, I know some people uh, say that that uh, throw with uh, to A.J. Brown, that shouldn't have been, com- I mean, that shouldn't have been attempted, but uh, I felt like that was a really good throw. And um, A.J. AJ Brown is one of those guys that most of the times always comes down, even if he was double covered. So I I felt like maybe him tweaking his ankle was in the back of his mind the whole time. So maybe he was kind of afraid, I want to say, to give it all. Or or he might have thought he was going to, I guess, uh, injure himself even more, if that makes any sense. Well, I, Abe, I, I thought it definitely affected him. I mean, he he just was invisible the rest of the game, and, and he's been yeah. so good this year. Now, I, I give him credit in a Sirianna game, credit after the game for toughening it out, and, and the good news is he was not, you know, he practiced fully today. He wasn't on the injury report, so he's good to go for Sunday. But um, but that was a bit – I thought it, it changed the offense on, on Monday when he basically was, you know, out of it, but on the field at the same time. Yeah, and uh, can I touch up on the Jonathan Gannon – um, I know some people uh, this week have said that they kind of miss uh, Jim Schwartz. Do you believe um, Jim Schwartz would have been better if he had the guys uh, that Jonathan Gannon has, like the cornerbacks, the linebackers, safeties, all of those? Uh, he may have been. I mean, I, I thought Schwartz was a good defensive coordinator, and I don't think he ever quite had the secondary they have now. He had some good pass rushers. I mean, they had some, you know, you think back then they had a younger Brandon Graham. They had a younger Fletcher Cox. They had some good players here with, with, with uh, Schwartz up front, but I don't think he ever had this secondary. So, yeah, he, I, I mean, I think he would have done well if he had this secondary. I know I know. He, he's probably the type of guy that really doesn't like to blitz, only likes to rely right. on his front four. And um, hopefully Jonathan Gannon can probably get it together and uh, uh, kind of put more pressure on the QBs and um, – Oh, especially with the new um, signings with uh, Sue and uh, I forget the other guy, Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph. He's. I, I saw a picture of him in the locker room. That guy's massive. Standing oh yeah, next to Brendan Graham. Yes. So I, I feel like it's gonna really help, even if they're up there in their thirties. I mean, they're not gonna be playing any more than what probably thirty percent. Yeah, that seems about right, and maybe even less this first week or so because they haven't played. I mean, they're just they were at home, so they got to get themselves in shape here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and um, excuse me. Uh, touch up on uh, Jalen Hurts. If he was available to be signed for an extension right now, um, and if you were Howie Roseman, would you do that deal, or would you just let the season play out and see how it ends? So it's a great question, uh, Abe. And I appreciate it. Abe. Sounds like he's he's programming future shows here. Um, if Jalen Hurts was eligible to be signed for an extension today, would we do? Would I do it or wait for the season end? So I wait for the season end for one reason. He could get hurt, right? Is that the only thing that changes the equation here? I don't imagine he's going to regress significantly. I don't think he's going to go back to playing and completing, you know, 55% of his passes where it's like, oh, my God, you know, can he throw the ball well enough? I think we're past all that. But I would wait because what changes between now and the end of the season? I mean, I think at this point, aren't they expected? Like, the Eagles are the favorite to win the NFC. So, like, is his market value going to go up that much if he has the Eagles in the Super Bowl? That's kind of the expectation right now, that they'll be in the Super Bowl or at least in the NFC Championship game. I would just wait because he could get hurt. He's a mobile quarterback that's run. Last year he did, he finished hobbled. I would wait strictly just to see him get through this full thing 100% healthy. Yeah, just it feels like an unnecessary risk at the moment. Right? right. Obviously you don't want to 
wait until he can be a free agent, and then you have to franchise tag him right. and you end up with a Kirk Cousins situation the way Washington kind of fumbled that. But doing it right now, if that were, were possible, just feels like adding a lot of unnecessary risk to the equation. Yeah, and, and, I, and that's why you rarely see – it's kind of odd to see big money extensions during the season. You know what you see during the season? You see TJ Edwards last year, right? You see a, a kind of um, a guy that's come out of nowhere to to kind of carve out a role. And why go to free agents? Let's just do this right now. It, it, you you take this. We'll, we're we're happy with this. You don't usually see stars sign in the middle of an NFL season. Baseball it happens once in a while. Um, basketball it happens definitely during season, right? For that, uh, that that kind of that window they have in like October, they sign guys to those you know the max extensions. You almost don't ever see it in football. It's just like I guess the risk factor is just so high. One injury and you just wasted all your money for nothing, right? It's not like you spent that money and you got a little bit of production. And it's like you know pre-ordering something. You know, you pre-order a car and you get to the dealership and you watch them just drive it into a lake. <laughs> You get there and there's three wheels on it. You're yeah, like, and you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, you, and you're screwed. Yeah. So to answer the question, no. Uh, as much as I like Jalen Hurts, I'm just gonna wait till the off season. Again, now if he was playing pretty well right now, maybe you can make the case like, hey, we can get him a discount. What if he gets even better? He's playing at an MVP level. He's he's second or third, depending on where you looked this week in the odds for the MVP. Like, there's no leverage the Eagles have right now. I mean, Jalen Hurts' agent says we're, we're, he's an MVP candidate. We want to be paid like that. So if he was play, if he was playing at a decent level, maybe there'd be some sort of like maybe we get a discount on all this. He's not going to. I mean, his agent's not going to just like yeah, we'll take uh, we'll take twenty million a year. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, if you were meeting what our expectations were in the offseason, he was the tenth to twelfth best quarterback. There there could be a world where you you try to offer him thirty five. Right. And, and, you know, see if you can sign it and get in on the ground floor. But right now, I mean, his value has never been higher. No, I mean, it could, it could actually only go the other way. I mean, if he plays a little worse or they struggle a little bit or they don't go as far, like maybe there's a, a middle ground there. But I, this is part of the reason why they don't allow this either. I mean, it's, it's not even by rule allowed. I mean, he, he, he literally couldn't sign an extension until the offseason. That's the way um, these contracts work. And, then, and I think they did it for a reason to kind of get away from this stuff in, within the season. It's also interesting to me that the NFL doesn't need this. You know, other sports, there's every little thing becomes a story because I, I think the baseball regular season could be mundane. The basketball regular season could be a little bit mundane at times, especially with guys not playing or no one cares for the playoffs. Football doesn't need that conversation. It's almost rare that on a national scale, any player's contract is talked about within the season, unless it's a trade or a signing. It's just not... It's just not part of the, the, the day-to-day football talk. Like, you know, I have NFL Network on in front of me. A player's contract almost never comes up during the season. Like, oh, how much is he worth? That's all off-season. It's because there's so much to talk about during the season. Lamar Jackson's getting a lot of contract talk. Because he's a free agent. Right? Jalen Hurts is not. Right. Uh, Jalen Hurts has one more year left on his deal. And plus that whole thing, it's like, why isn't he signed yet? You're right. The Lamar one is, is, the, biggest, is the biggest one. I still don't understand what's going on there. Like, it's just, it's it's odd, the Lamar Jackson thing. It seems like everyone's just kind of like, no big deal. But, like, the days just tick by until he's a free agent. And obviously they can franchise yep. tag him and, and keep him around. I just wonder, do you think they saw how good their offense looked with Tyler Huntley last year and thought, we don't need to pay him that much? But do you think they're really going to let him go? or they're just No, because gonna... now he's playing at an MVP level again and proving that you do need him to win football games. 
Yeah, I just wonder if this ends with him being franchise tagged. Because it just it just feels to me like if they were going to give him a contract, weren't they going to do this already? I don't know. I just I wonder if he's just going to be franchise tagged twice, and then you know we'll see and we'll see it down the line. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Lamar is playing at a high level, probably fifth right now in the MVP discussion. Like, is that how you would fill out your MVP ballot? Oh, let's should we do it one through five? Yeah, I'd go Mahomes one. I would go Hurts two. Two with three. Your boy, my boy. Tua. I mean, I have to. I mean, I have to call it for what it is. He's playing well. I'd go Josh Allen four, Lamar Jackson five. I think I would do exactly the same. That's my today MVP ballot. But that could, I mean, that week to week it changes. Like prior to two weeks ago, I probably had Allen one or Allen one two, and now he's dropped to four. I didn't have two even in this discussion five weeks ago, and now it's like every week he just throws for three touchdowns and three hundred yards and no picks. You know they have like two of the top three wide receivers in yardage this year. Yeah, they're it's all, unbelievable. Their offense is great. You know what? This kind of reminds me of um, this Dolphins thing in Tua. Isn't this similar to when Sean McVay took over for Jared Goff? I guess Tua was a little bit better than Goff. Well, I mean, Goff was disaster that first year with uh, Jeff Fisher, but the, the the consensus was this guy isn't it. And then Sean McVay got there, and they, their offense exploded. They were the best offense in the NFL. And you know, that first year they made the playoffs. The next year they went went to the Super Bowl. It kind of reminds me of that what Mike McDaniel's doing. It, it, it just like he fixed him and fixed it, and the offense is like unstoppable. It just makes sense when you watch it, and I think you can say a lot about the Eagles when when you watch the Eagles. You when you watch the Dolphins, the way they move the ball and the way they call plays and the way the players are set up, it just looks easy. I think Mike McDaniel. I don't know. Is he coach of the year? Would you put him number one? Or would you give it to someone like Brian Dable? So if if the Dolphins win the division, right, which they could. I mean, the Bills have lost a couple games in a row now. I feel like he has to be in the mix. That division was looked at as a lock for the Bills. Like just they're in third place right now behind the Jets. I know, I know they are. Um, McDaniel absolutely deserves Coach of the Year consideration. The Dolphins' offense last year was a joke. They couldn't throw the ball past ten yards. I mean, let alone have you know some of the best numbers in the NFL. So yeah. Uh, it's interesting as we kind of play out this awards conversation. I, I do think Sirianni might be the one left out in the cold. Like he might. Would you even put him on your ballot right now? So you get three for that. You award. get three. So so who has to be on it? Dable. I have three names off the top of my head. I haven't even thought about Sirianni. Yet. Okay. So so all right. So I think here's why I think it's some of the best coaching work this year. Brian Dable in New York, considering yeah. the Giants have very little talent and they have like fifty million of dead cap and you know, they have no receivers. He's done a good job. Mike Vrabel, I mean, they have I mean, they were 0 2. They've won seven of eight games. So they they looked like they were dead this season, and now they're gonna definitely win that division again. And I also think along with um Mike McDaniel, I'll throw a fourth out there. Pete Carroll deserves coach of the year consideration. Right, so there's four before Sirianni. I had Pete Carroll, Dable. And Mike McNaniel in mind. And if you want to throw in Robert Sala, who's winning games with Zach Wilson right now, that's five, and we haven't even mentioned Nick Sirianni's name. So what, is, what does that say? I don't think Sirianni's not done a good job. It's just, are we kind of, is this the Dave Roberts thing? You get a loaded team, you don't get as much credit to us? I think so, right? Because the idea is they have the best roster top to bottom in the NFL. I mean, Howard was on earlier this week and said Troy Aikman told him this was the you know most consistent and finely tuned team that he's seen all year. 
I just I, I wonder what Nick Sirianni does because even if you want to give him credit for the on-field success, what's he doing on the field? Like in game, he isn't calling plays or anything. That's Shane Steichen. Well, and he's not obviously not a defensive guy. That's all Jonathan Gannon, and who everyone hates this week. And the other thing, you know, about in-game Nick Sirianni, he's obviously done a good job this year. But like the other day with the game against Washington, they had two times they had only ten players in the field on defense. Isn't it kind of interesting that happened and it came out? Why didn't Sirianni catch it? He's the head coach. Isn't this why he gave up play calling? To see all things like that? I mean, he's in charge of the whole operation. So it's funny. This week, there's – and I know it's the first loss, and we're just – we haven't done this in 300 days yelling about a, a loss. There's been zero criticism of Nick Sirianni this week. Zero. His team came out flat. Twice, his defense, and he's in charge of everything, by the way, not just the offense. His defense had 10 players in the field. His offense, which he's most, you know, that's kind of what's his bread and butter, turned the ball over four times. Three real turnovers. I haven't heard one person say anything about Sirianni this week. His team came out flat. Is he just, has he risen above any criticism after an undefeated start? He might have, but I also think it's part of the fact that he just doesn't have much influence on game day anymore. And, and maybe that's sort of the best, and some coaches do that, but... I don't know. I, I just, I think Nick Sirianni's done a fine job, and you can't complain when your team's eight and one. But doesn't it kind of feel like everyone else is doing their job, and he's sitting in his office twiddling his thumbs, excited that they keep winning? I mean, I would be if I was him. I, I'd want to keep winning too. It is. It, it's the dynamic is interesting. He was the favorite a couple weeks ago at BetMGM uh, for Coach of the Year. Like he's been a favorite for this. He wouldn't be on my list right now because the other guys are just doing enormous jobs with you know way, way, way less talent. Then the Eagles have 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Friday night. Oh, we got a lot. This, one of my favorite hours of the show is always our final hour on a Friday in which we talk NFL picks. We'll do that bottom of the hour. Guess the takes for week number 11, what everyone will be saying on Monday. Don't forget later in the hour, our FanDuel Sportsbook props, favorite props for the Eagles and the Colts game on Sunday, including a Jalen Hurts prop that I do like a lot for this coming game. On the other side, though, we're going to bring on a guest, someone who knows this Colts team inside and out, talks about them on a regular basis. One of the co-hosts of the For the Shoe podcast, his name is George Bramer. He's going to join us next, talk about the Colts, Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan being back at quarterback. Was Jim Irsay just kidding today? I guess he was about the roof. He was tweeting about the roof. Yeah, like two minutes later, he's like, ah, just kidding. So he's just bored. Do you think he was messing with Howard Eskin, who was really, really excited about the roof being closed in Indianapolis? Because I think he was still cold for Monday. Yeah, he probably didn't even have his furs packed. Well, I think that problem, I'm sure. I mean, that would be frustrating. Like, imagine if you had a trip planned in Indianapolis this week and you went out already, right? You're going to the game Sunday, you flew out today. And, you know, it's winter or almost winter. It feels like winter. And it's a dome. So you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to dress. I'm going to have my warmer clothes, but I'm going to have something comfortable to wear in the dome. Imagine if you saw that and you're like, wait a second. I've now signed up to go and sit outside for four hours or three and a half hours in the cold. He was kidding, obviously. They're not going to play outside. It's going to be with the roof closed on Sunday. Um, but Ursa, yes, yeah, just screwing with everyone, including Howard. All right, on the other side, we'll talk to George. We'll talk about this Colts team, this matchup on Sunday at 1 o'clock. That's coming up next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.